So let's get into our, the question for today. I'm gonna, I have two questions I'm going to start with. This is a yay or nay. So you can give me a thumb up or a thumb down. So this is kind of just getting a pulse. So here's the initial question. One of the main points of Christian life is to change. One of the main points of Christian life is to change. Yes, I agree with that, or no, I don't agree. Don't look at anybody else. Anyways, okay, so all of y'all agree that one of the main points of Christian life is to change. I can agree with you. I think the very essence of Christian life is us changing and growing. While changing is the essence of humility to say, I need, I don't know everything, I need better. You know, the, the very word repentance, you know what repentance means? To turn away. So the idea is, you know, I'm walking one way, and when I repent, it's turning the other way. It's saying I was wrong, I was on the wrong path, and I'm changing. Everything about Christian life is repentance and changing. Think about the idea of salvation. What does salvation mean? Salvation, he took us when we were dead in our sins and he gave us life. He took us from death to life, right? He's changing our position. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. The very essence of Christian life is changing our state. Our state is changing. And my belief is that as our state changes, our life changes. You would think. You would think. So individually, that means that the way I react begins to change. The chaos inside of me, there, we kind of work through that because he's changing us and transforming us. You would think our families would begin to change, right? We would think that there would be peace in our homes. If there are people who are individually taking this message and accepting the salvation that's been given, our families should have peace. But what do we notice? Many of our individuals don't change. Many of our families don't change. We're same and sometimes even worse than the world. We're so stubborn in our ways. We have so much chaos in our homes. And so I want to ask you the question this morning, why? Why don't we see change in people? Why is there no change in the believers? You see people who have been in church for 30 years, 60 years, the same problems, they, the same anger they had when they were 30 is the same anger at 60, and sometimes even worse. Like, you should be getting better, right? You know, when you get in, especially as believers, we are trying to look like an image of Jesus, yet you're the same. So I honestly ask you the question, oh, and I have this person coming to church and sleeping, right? You know, we, I think a big part of it is we just kind of go through these routine motions, right? We are, these things should be giving us life, but we just sleep. And maybe you're not sleeping like him, like with your mouth open snoring, <laughs> but even internally, you may be asleep. So, so I ask you the question, our lives, families, churches, communities, why don't we see change in the life of Christians? Why don't we see these transform, transformational change that should be in the life of the believer? I think this is an important question. And even as I'm getting into it for today, I want to challenge you. If you don't care about change, the message won't matter. Right? If you don't care, you know, God values us being a better vessel. But if you're over here like, yeah, cool, cool, Sam. 
I really want, I start this saying, you have to want change. The message has value when you want that inside yourself. So first let me ask, do you want change in your life to look more like the image of Jesus? Hopefully, yes. Hopefully. So now let me ask you then, why? Why don't we see it? Thank you all for answering. I really do appreciate. My prayer is, though, as I'm getting into this, that your heart would be hungry for change. You would want change inside of yourselves because only when you have that hunger, God can fill that. Only when you're hungry can the word come in and give you what you need. But you have to be hungry. That's my prayer for you as I get into it. We're going to read the text for today. James 2, verse 14 to 26. And it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but doesn't have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of them says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, by, thus also faith by itself if, not have, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by his works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out on another way? We're going to read the last verse together on the count of three. 31, 2, 3, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And what I see in this is why don't we see change in the life of Christians? Because people lack faith and works. Faith and works go hand in hand. Faith and work go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. The first part of it, though, is having faith. Faith is the starting point for change in our life. You know why James says this? So, you know, the New Testament is a continuation of the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, how did the people of Israel come close to God? You know, God gave them commands. And it was, adhere to my commandments and you can be close to me. So very really, it was a works-based salvation. You worked. You walked with God, and then you could be close with God. But what did you learn through each commandment? What did we learn through the law? You know, Paul talks about this in Romans. That no man could fulfill all of it. They could never be right with God. But they tried their best, and you know, the Pharisees were an example of this. They did everything. They did all of the commands that God needed, yet they were so far from God. And so Jesus says he was the fulfillment. He offered his life, right? And as a result, no longer is it based on works. It's by faith that we are saved. So I begin by saying this today. For I think honestly you to begin to change your life, you have to have a faith in Jesus. 
You have to look at Him and gaze on Him and spend time with Him. And just think about that. Think about who our Jesus is and just think about what He did. You know, He is God. You know, I think this is almost homework for you. You should do this daily. Think about what He did. He came down in the form of a lowly man. He came down and lived amongst us with all of our faults and things inside of us, yet He was God still. And He was born in a manger. And He loved everyone. Can you think about that? He, when His ministry began, He fed people. He healed people. He spent time with people. And what did they do in repayment to Him? They crucified Him. They hated Him. When you spend time and gaze on that each day, how can your life not change? The problem is we gaze on other things, right? The way we react in situations is what we have seen, right? Our parents reacted this way, so I react this way. Our friends do this, so I do this. And what I want to encourage you is if you want to begin the process of change, you spend time daily looking at Him. You, that's your responsibility. We gaze on Him and recognize He is the author and finisher of our faith. You look at Him and you think, man, you just think about how He lived life. You know, the day that He was being like in front of the, the council when they were about to crucify Him, they said all of these things against Him. They brought people to lie about Him. What did He do? He kept His mouth shut the entire time. Can you imagine that? My goodness, if people say a lie about me, I want to go fix that right then and there. You know, and they were slapping him in the face, the soldiers. In that moment, he could have sent an angel down and destroyed all of them. Yet what did he do? He took it. Can you just take moments and gaze on that? And when I gaze on that, my life changes. How can I be the same when my master was willing to do that? How can I react? How can I be mean? I change because I look at Him. Faith is the starting point of your Christian life. You have to look at Him. And if you don't, you will do what you always done. You know, so many people that I know who really walk with God, they just spend time in His presence. They will get on their knees not to get something from God, not to like say, God, this is what my life is going through, but just to gaze on Him. My grandfather, who had encounter with God, my dad said he would just get on his knees and just close his eyes and look at the cross. Nothing more. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about getting something from him. It was about just looking at him. He is the end. He is the beginning and he's the end. So the first thing that I want to encourage you today is you have to just spend time. Want to gaze on him and gaze on his presence. And, you know, that's hard because we're so bombarded with so many things. You have a life to live. You have family. You have friends that you want to keep up with. You have hobbies that you want to do. But I want to encourage you, if you want to see real transformation in your life, sometimes you have to go away for a season and just be with God. Sometimes you have to go away, seclude yourself. You know, Jesus went 40 days to fast away from everyone. Sometimes you have to get away for change to really happen. So the first thing I want to encourage you, Gaze on His face. Spend time gazing on His face. If you can, an uninterrupted time if you can. Put your phone away. 
put all distractions away and just think about how good he is. Even if, if that's so far that you can't think about that, think about his goodness in your life. What has he done for you? And as you think about that, there is a, there's like a compulsion to want to change. But as we read the text, what do we recognize? Faith without works is dead. What do we realize? Faith without works is dead. So what the second point that I want to bring is, if there is no action, there was no faith. There has to be action that comes with your faith. There has to be an action that comes with your faith. We are at a time today, you know, where people will only emphasize faith. Right? You know, the, when we read Romans, we read this Romans that says, you are saved by faith. Uh, through, we are saved by grace through faith. Right? And so we will emphasize that today to the believers. It's not by your works that we're saved, which is true. But James reminds me so eloquently, as the faith cultivates inside of you, there has to be a work. If there is no work, there was no faith. Right? Like, it's like here, we hear messages on Sunday and our faith grows. We're like, oh man, he's right. I need to do something different. And then by Monday, Monday comes and then we go to work. And Tuesday happens and, you know, we don't even think about it. And by Wednesday, nothing has happened in our life. There's no change because the work that's needed, we don't put. There is a work that's required of you. We want these highs of faith, but we don't want the work required. And James emphasizes and reminds us, if there is no work, your faith is dead. Think about that. If there is no work, your faith is dead. You know how hard it is to center your life around Jesus? That's hard work, right? You hear a message, Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, we love that song. From the heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. Oh, we love it. It sounds good. And then Sunday, we're convicted about it. And then Monday comes and he's not anywhere near the center of our life. Right? The centering means everything revolves around him. Right? My sleep, my work, the way I react, what I do. You know how much work that is? Right? That means that maybe I have to wake up 30 minutes early to set, center my life around God. You see the work that's required for that? That means I have to go to bed by a certain time. I have to set an alarm. I have to get up with it. The faith can be great inside of you, but without the work, it means nothing. Your faith is cultivated through the work. We know this. We know this. In our day-to-day -day life, we know this. You know, if I want to become healthier, you better do something different. You can't eat the same. You can't spend your time the same. We know that's true. If we want to gain more money, we know what we got to do. We know I have to, I need to go work overtime. I need to save a little bit more. There are work things we have to do just for growth in anything. Yet for Christian life, it's like magic happened. Oh, Sunday, I need a good sermon. And when I get a good sermon, I'm going to change. No, there is a work that you have to put into your Christian life. You have to think, okay, I don't react like I should react. So let me think, let me process how I should react. Let me react like Jesus. So you spend time, you spend time having faith and looking at him. Then you process and say, okay, 
the next time I get mad, the plan that I put in place is I'll walk away. Rather than saying something, you see, see how much work that takes though? That takes you planning. That takes you being honest with yourself. It takes work to transform ourselves into the image of Christ. You know, it's interesting, as I was saying the story, uh, it reminded me of a student that I had. And this student was one of the sweetest students I ever taught. Her name was Judy, okay? And Judy failed every one of my tests, right? <laughs> she, she just didn't get it. And, and I, so every time a test would happen, she would be stressing in my tutoring. I'd be like, Judy, what's, like, what's wrong? She's like, I'm going to fail your test. And I'm like, why, why do you already say this? She's like, I fail every one of your tests, Mr. Thomas. I'm going to fail this one. And so I said, and she's like, my mom is going to kill me. He was an Indian student. She said, my mom is going to kill me. My mom's always, my mom is so mean. And so I said, okay, Judy, what are you doing? And Judy says, well, you know, I do the review. And I was like, okay, that's a good starting point. And then I was like, how much do you study? And she's like, you know, I'll just watch a show sometimes. And the show becomes two episodes. It becomes three episodes. And then it's like 11 o'clock. And then I'll stay up till one trying to study. And I was like, Judy. You understand, like, you're not going to pass my class till you do something different. You can have all of the desire inside of you to be different. She cried before every test, <laughs> literal tears. You can do all of those things, but you have to change. I always, this is one of my quotes that I always say, sometimes for your situation to change, you have to change. And that's a work that's required of you. That's a work that's required of all of us. We are a particular way, and many of those ways are a gifts of God. But there are things inside of us that need to break. And for those things to happen, it will not happen till you spend time in His presence and look at Him and then put something into practice. You have to put something into practice. So I want to encourage you today, right? That was the story of Judy. Be ready to take some steps. Right? It, faith without works is dead. Do you understand? You know, we look at the story, like it said, Abraham, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. He was willing to offer his son. So Abraham had a word from God. He believed in God. But you know how much work he had to take? He had to walk three days to go to the mountain that God had for him. You know how much work that is to walk three days? And in the process, many times he could have been like, I don't really want to do this, right? I can just stay at my house. You can think, man, good to God, did you really tell me to do this? Yet because he was willing to work, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. Work goes with faith. Rahab. Rahab believed that the Israelites were the people that were, that were God's people. It was a belief inside of her. Yet what happened? She acted on it. She let the spies stay with them. Faith and action go together. Don't tell me you believe in Jesus and do the same things you've always done. It doesn't go together. I say this honestly and truly. I have so much in my conviction, in my heart, about people. We discredit the name of Jesus many times by the way we live. We are the testimony to Jesus to this world. And yet by the way we live, people don't see Jesus. Stop. We have to take this seriously enough to say, He gave up His life for us. Can't you give Him something? All He's asking you is to give up your attitude. All He's asking is give up some free time. He hasn't even asked for your life. 
And man, sometimes he will call for that. But my challenge to you today is our message is not a cheap message. It requires you and your life. So be ready to put some work in because it's not easy. This takes work. I'll just give you one example from my life, and then we'll get into a time of the Lord's table. You know, one of the, one of the things that when I gazed at the life of Jesus, I was always convicted. And I have a picture of Jesus. Can anyone take a guess what's happening in that? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane in this picture. And Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see his man in turmoil. This man is, this man is, Praying to God, God, I want to do what you want. He's also like, man, I don't want to. He's like torn inside of him. And you know, it says like he was sweating drops of blood. He was torn inside himself. He wants to do what God wants, but the flesh inside of him is battling him. And when I look at that, I think, man, I want to live. I want to prioritize the will of God just like Jesus did. Even if it means I hate every second of it, I want to do what God needs more than what I need. That's the conviction. That's the faith that, you know, I spent time with him, I looked at him, and that's what cultivated inside of me. So I'll give you an example from my life. So in high school, I was studious to a fault. Studious, right? We, so we would, we'd have class time. And during class, I didn't talk to anyone. I would just do my homework the entire time. During tests, I would like cover my hand because no one, no one should cheat off of me. <laughs> right? And so it would be like I would have class till 4. We would have practice till 5.30. And then I would spend the next three hours studying. I studied like crazy. When people tell me they don't study in high school, I'm like, how are you guys so smart? When people are just so smart. I don't know. My brother did not study at all, and he got all A's. I had to slog myself. I remember at my high school graduation feeling like, man, I'm so glad high school is finished. I remember I said that at my graduation speech, and one of the other chachins of the church went up, and he was like, if high school is hard for you, you can't, like, college is going to be way harder, right? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I don't know what I'm about to get into. But I, all of my mind's focus was for my things. I need to make an A. I need to excel. I, I, I. I learned that. So when I got to college, as these convictions started growing inside of me, as I started spending time in the Word and looking at Him, I had a conviction that maybe life is not just about me. I need to be studious. I need to do my best. But let me look at the people around me. So I started serving more. I decided, let me help in Bible study. I started thinking, you know, if people need things, let me help them. So we had a Bible study, and I would ask people, okay, do you need me to pick up some groceries? I remember even during finals time when everyone is stressing about their exams, I just thought, okay, let me prioritize others. And it was a slow change inside of me. But where did the slow change come? Just me looking at his face. And guess what? I didn't make a 4.0. You know, I school, I made a 4.0. It was nice. And in college, I didn't. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because I live a much more full life because of it. And so it may be hard as you engage this journey and you think to yourself, okay, I want to do different things. Like Jay Lu said, it's hard. You have to give certain things up. And these expectations you have of life may not be fulfilled, but it's fulfilling to you. It's the most meaningful life. And as I continue that journey, man, 
Life is so much more full that I've made that my life. God is the priority of my life. I can honestly say that today. I genuinely try to center my life. And I'm not perfect by any means. But I can encourage you, there is a fulfillment in my life that I never had in high school. When I went through every day, I had the best grades. I was number one in my class in, when I was at my small private school. And even at my new private school I went to, I was number one. But I remember walking across the stage as I was graduating because I thought I would have all the best feelings in the world because I was like one of the highest GPAs. And I remember feeling so empty. Like what was all of that for? For 10 seconds for people to clap for me? The life that God has for you is the best life. And you have to be willing to put the work in to change. You. You. But begin the process. It starts in faith of you gazing on Him and then you saying, let me put the work that comes with that. So I end with where I began. Why don't we see change in the life of believers today? People lack faith and people lack the work required for the change. So I want to encourage you, this is your homework. I always leave you guys with homework, but I want to encourage you, if you want to be serious about this, start listing things that may need a change inside of you. Genuinely. Spend time saying, God, I need help in these areas. Talk to Him and let Him speak to you. Genuinely, if you're willing to say, God, I need help in change in these areas of life, you'll see life where you go. Maybe you're like, I want to see change in my family so that there's peace. What if your family could have peace? That when you come home, you're happy and that there's not conflict. What if you're like, God, I want to see you work in my schools or in my workplaces. And it's like, because you make those prayers and you want those changes and you put work into action, you see people drawing near to you. But I want to encourage you with that today. You have to put the work of gazing on the face of Jesus and putting things into practice.